Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello, hello everyone, and this is Helena Steiner-Hornstein with your Wonder It's World program. And it's Tuesday again, so we're coming up with a new program. I have a wonderful guest with me today. I have known her for a few years. We have met, I believe, once or twice, or at least once. And this is Cheryl Rausch. She is an internationally top-rated presenter, known for her high energy, high content, and how-to presentations. And she makes her audiences very involved and engaged and energized. And sometimes, you know, I call her Cheryl Sparkle Rausch because she's full of sparkles. <laughs> and her, uh, and her uh, company name is, uh, what is it, Sparkle Presentations. Now, I have, as you heard, Cheryl Rausch on the other side of the line. She's with me from California. And Cheryl, you are there. We have heard you. Thank you yeah. for coming today. <laughs> Thank you so much, Helen. It's wonderful to be a guest on your show. <laughs> Well, thank you. You know, I just changed the name uh, on my show, so that's why I kind of hesitated here a bit. It's now called A Wondrous World, because oh. after all, our world is full of wonders, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is, and every day, every moment. <laughs> and we notice that, too. It's, it's, it's a very interesting world, and particularly right now, and I think we will have a few tips for you out uh, who are out in business, because this is someone to help us out a little bit. And uh, Cheryl, you have been speaking with celebrities like Olivia Newton-John and, and uh, Jane Seymour and uh, Erin Brockovich, that's amazing, and Art <laughs> Lindkletter and Mark Victor Hansen and many, many more, and Susie Orman, of course. So yeah. you have really been up there and with those people who really know a lot, and so do you. How okay. was it to meet uh, Erin uh, Brokovich, because you know, I saw the film with her, and I thought this was quite amazing what she did. Absolutely, and she was so ahead of her time, such conviction from matters of the heart that she really took it on. <laughs> it was amazing. And being on the program with her, to hear her speak with such conviction and passion regarding that, and she is still going strong. And it, Julia Roberts did an amazing job portraying her in the movie, it was just incredible, and she is brassy. Erin is absolutely brassing, and, and Julia needed to tone it down a little bit from what Erin yeah. really is in person. It was beautifully done, though, and it shows how much one woman can do when she believes in her path. She invigorates through her own passion. She has a focus and a goal and that drive. And that's fantastic. And you're, we have listeners now all over the world, and I know there are people out there who have no idea who Erin Brokovich is. Could you tell us a little bit more about her? Of course, we know this show is about you, but she gives such a good example of what we could be out there. Well, Erin was a, a single mother at the time when they did the filming, and it was a lawsuit against PNG about or PGE from up in the Fresno County area. And again, Google this. Google Erin Brockovich if you want more information. But she was an advocate for safety, and she saw that there was so much damage that was being done 
in the local communities because of what the power plant had actually been doing and that the chemicals were going into the underground water system. And it was powerful because she wanted to do something about it, and she did, in spite of the odds, in spite of, you know, she had her hands full being a mother at the same time, but she also needed to be a professional, and at the threats of being fired by her company if she pursued this, and at the threats of being countersued and everything else, she still stayed true to her path and really lit a fire under all of that and won the case big time. And it just, again, it just shows us how much one woman with a fire in her belly can achieve. And I love that about women and the power that we have, and we each have a voice, and we need to use it, and we need to speak up. And this is it. Why I wanted you to tell us the story about her because she did such a fantastic it's job a being a single movie. mother, no yeah. money, and those little children around her. Yeah, it's a must-see movie. Erin Brockovich, that's the name of the movie. It's a must-see for any yes. woman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you are also an author, and you have written, what I understand, 12 books. That's an awful yeah. lot of books. <laughs> And then you have a series called the Heart Book series that are uh, amazing, and I think I even contributed to one of those. Um, but today we're going to speak about heart of a woman, heart of um, of uh, women in business, right? Heart of a woman in business, and that is, I feel, a very, very amazing book, Heart of a Woman in Business. It's a book that I think everyone, all women should read. All women, not only the ones out in business, but it really gives you a good hint on how to get and to move ahead. Mm. So what uh, what made you start to write... inspirational books for women. What what well, got you started? Well, thank you. My background for 33 years has been in graphic design, marketing, and printing. And I've, I had written five books on graphic design, one of which is being used at the University of Ottawa in Canada as a course book, the Solid Gold Newsletter Design book. So my background has always been in helping people to find more joy, make it easier, whether it's business-related or passion-hobby-related. And one thing it led me to another, and I was asked to start doing inspirational speaking, and I thought, wow, there's a need for women to speak up. And so one thing led to another to another, and as I started speaking to women's associations and conferences, small groups and large groups, I wanted to be able, when I'm speaking to women, to be able to quote dynamic women quotations. And I researched some 35,000 quotations, and I have to tell you, Helen, I was so distraught that over 3,500 quotations that I went through, most were by deceased Caucasian males, meaning dead (laughs) white men. And when women were quoted, it was non-positive. And I thought, wow, here we have a voice. We need to share it. We need to speak up. We are inspiring. We're wise. We're, we're, we're intuitive. We're powerful. We're strong. We're confident. And I, I needed to do something about that. So I started collecting quotations, and it turned into a book called Sparkle Tudes, which is creating sparkling attitudes for women by women in everyday different types of quotations and in chapters A to Z. And then that led to, as I was working on Sparkletudes, I realized that there was so much more to women and the heart that we have. So that the next book became Heart of a Woman. While I was working on Heart of a Woman, 
then I was inspired to write Heart of a Mother, something very specific, the tributes, the short stories, poems, quotations specifically for mothers and grandmothers from their daughters, some sons but mostly daughters. And there was a lot of healing that occurred by women writing their stories, by gushing their feelings. And it even healed the relationship that I have with my own mother because a lot of people ask, well, well, you know, Cheryl, do you have kids? No, I don't. But why did you write a book on, on mothers? Because I have one. And in the process, it helped me <laughs> yes. heal my relationship with my own mother. And so Borders, Borders features both of the heart of a mother and heart of a woman, and they're available on Amazon.com. Well, what happened next I think is unprecedented because of the response that the bookstores were getting with Heart of a Woman and Heart of a Mother, the Borders book buyer asked me to write Heart of the Holidays. And I thought, wow, especially with Yuletide around the globe or military abroad away from home during the holidays, Thanksgiving, winter solstice, Hanukkah, Christmas, and ringing in the new year. Beautiful stories, treasures, and traditions. And then I was approached about translating Hearts of a Woman specifically into Spanish for Hispanas and Latinas around the globe. And so now we have Corazon de Mujer, absolutely beautiful. And then based on that, I'm an eight-time entrepreneur since age 16, and I've held corporate positions, often replacing men in the workplace, and I've been traditionally in male-dominated or male stereotypical jobs over over my whole decades here of being involved, then that helped, oh gosh, be the catalyst for the heart of a woman business. And it's just, just beautiful, heart of a woman in business. Yes, a great uh, title also. And uh, we are going to give some tips later on in the program how you are going to get more successful, become more successful in your business. So hang on there. Be with us. So what is, you said you were in business when you were 16. How did it go for you? What did you do with 16? (laughs) All my businesses have been passion-related where I I really have so much passion for doing what I do. And at age 16, and, and let me back up just a bit, because in between the ages of 13 and 15, I had contemplated committing suicide because I was told by someone I greatly respected that I would never amount to anything. And so I, I didn't oh, Really? Who was that? I, I, let me not share that, but I have cleaned it up with that person. Name, but, um, a close relative. Uh, a close yeah. relative. Someone who knew me very well. And then I thought, well, if this person knows me and loves me and they can see that my life isn't worth living, then why should I go on? And thank goodness a high school counselor when I was 16 took me aside and she said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, of course, I I really didn't know. But she said, well, you know, you're good at sports. Do you want to be a PE coach? I said, no. Well, you're good at this. Do you want to do that? No. And, And she asked me. She listened to my heart. And she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you like to do? And I said, well, I really like to draw. Oh, really? Are you any good? I go, no, because I wasn't. But she listened to my heart, and she got me enrolled in graphic arts, where I learned how to run a printing press, silk screening, and I started doing bumper stickers and T-shirts, and that turned into my first business at age 16. 
My parents were very supportive. I used a lot of the family patio area, and at that time when we silk screened, we needed to bake the ink on, so my mother, bless her heart, let me use the oven to do that. And I had a business at age 16 doing a lot of things for the Shriners. <laughs> Great. And um, have you always been so well? So you were shy at first, and you oh, believed you were nothing. And I, I thought maybe your parents had told you something terrible or some best friends of yours. But, you know, it, it's hard for children, particularly teenagers, when they are given the wrong information. Well, it is, especially if we believe it. And, and what I did through therapy and going back to this relative, that we had a conversation and really cleaned it up because what this person said to me was not about me. It was about their own life that they were thinking that they had never amounted to anything. So in that projection, I took it on not knowing the difference that it was their stuff, not my stuff. And, yeah. and as a result, this counselor really helped to save my life and helped me find my path, my purpose, and my passion in life. And now from those early on stages of wanting to be an artist and getting my degree in graphic arts, and going on to be a commercial artist and owning five graphic design studios, winning international design awards for my things, and now owning a publishing company to produce these messages of hope. I see the divine plan. Yeah. And what a huge gift. So all of that, that was is, So you agree that is like a divine plan for all of us. Yes, and that happened to be mine. You know, there were several yeah. things from my past that helped lead me to help wanting to heal other people today, including being raped and being married to an alcoholic who was abusive, to all of that, to knowing who I am today, knowing what that passion and that purpose is for my past. And that's why I do what I do. And blessings in disguise, but at the time it was hell. <laughs> you know, yes, and, of course. We never know when we live in the middle of something, if it's paradise know. or hell. <laughs> you know, we realize you know. it afterwards when we have the comparisons. Right. And there is no story that I, that I wrote in Heart of a Woman in Business about the classroom of life and about, as you had alluded to, about my mother, because I was so shy. And my mother was an Avon lady early on. And I remember that she would drag me around to all of her routes and make me meet people. And it, it was scary. And here today I speak in front of, you know, thousands of people. But yeah. from my mother in the classroom of life, I learned Midwestern values, how to work hard, how to show respect, how to do right, how to have integrity and help others. And I learned good old-fashioned customer service skills. And a couple of things that I good. learned from her is, know what you want in life and to go for it. And here was a child of the Depression inside of the U.S. on a farm, and her greatest goal was to get a life, move off the farm. And so she and her girlfriend moved from Iowa to California, and I was named after that best girlfriend. And then oh. she also taught me how to be positive and you can do anything you put your mind to it because she always wanted to compete in the Olympics. And at 68, she was selected to carry the Olympic torch on its way to the Los Angeles 1984 Olympic Games. And that was my mom, and, and, and my mom carried the torch. So she was living her dream, and a, what a wonderful role model. And she also taught me to use what you've been given, that each of us yeah. have skills, talents, and u unique abilities, 
And she always consistently volunteered me to donate time to designing the, the ski boat club and the church newsletters. And, and here, look at how that helped me in learning how to design award-winning newsletters. So I think that one of the best school courses that I ever attended was in the classroom of life with my mom as my teacher. And that's well, that is the best way to learn, isn't it? We do learn all the yes. time. That's my uh, philosophy, that everything that happens out there is some kind of lesson, isn't it? Yes. Don't you agree? Yes. And um, you talked about your book, uh, Sparkle Chews. Was that, that was your first book, was it? It's the first book in the inspirational series, yes. Oh, I also contributed a chapter to The Princess Principle, Women Helping Women Discover Their Royal Spirit. So with Sparkle Twos, that helped me to to really focus on creating what are called the Sparkle Two Boosters, which are seven boosters and how to keep our sanity and our balance, especially in our off balance world of what we have today. <laughs> so yeah, you gave me a Sparkle Twos a few years ago. I don't know if you yes. remember that. And uh, you know that book is so well traveled now. <laughs> I've had it with me in my suitcase for ages. It's gone across the Atlantic you don't know how many times. Oh, bless And your uh, I have used it before uh, workshops and before uh, lectures, and I've been inspired through it. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, which is great. And I looked up at one of the quotes you have by Anne Frank, you know, the diary of a young girl. Right. And here you have, how old was Anne Frank when she was uh, locked up with oh, her parents? Twelve or... Right, like nine, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Something years like old. that, yeah. And I see here a quote that she came up that she wrote out to herself Parents can only give good advice or put them, that is the children, on their right path, but the final forming of a person's character lies in their own hands. Mm. I think that's so fantastic to from some to say so, someone who's locked up in one room for years with years. her whole family and realizes, no, it's not what they say and do to me and the others have said and done to me. It's the way I handle it. Isn't that wonderful? It is, and I think that, Helena, that also relates to what's going on, especially in the U.S. economy, if not also around the globe, that we have to be real careful not to buy into this this stuff because a lot of it is mass consciousness of creating this thing called recession, where we, and we don't need to buy into it because too being beautiful creations of God and tapping into the abundance that is still there. I'm having record engagements at higher fees than I've charged before. So I I, I see that there's prosperity for us all, and by using our talents, using those skills and abilities, and again, it's it's not what has been told to us. It's how we choose to interpret it. Yes, there may be this thing called recession. However, are we going to support our economies and help each other through it, or are we going to become victims to it? So attitude really is a mental state of mind, and we put out there what's going to be reflected back to us. When we look for the good in what's happening, we attract more of the good. And I, I know you're an expert in this, so please add your comments. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, this is, of course, who you make your God. If people put money as their number one God, you are scared to death right now. And I've seen with some women down here in Miami Beach how they are absolutely petrified. They sit with lots of millions of dollars in the bank mm -hmm. and in stocks and whatever, 
and they see that the value goes goes down and down and down. And they get so nervous and they start to drink and they start to, to, to complain and they start to to, to uh, make all kinds of aggressive comments in the stores and so on. And they cut down on, on certain services that those who provided the services were very dependent on, uh, whatever could have been uh, massages or, or something like this. And they cut down on those little things instead of realizing that, of course, this is not what makes your life go around. The money, as long as you have the security within you. And I see those who have lived from paycheck to paycheck, who sit there in their jobs and they know they're pretty secure in those jobs. They don't worry too much because they always had a little bit of a trouble making ends meet. They're okay. You know, they feel secure in themselves. And know as long as I have my philosophy that within me there is a place that knows all and sees all. And what is that place within me? That's my inner light. That's mm-hmm. the God sparkle within me. And when you are in touch with that God sparkle, of course, everything flows in a different way. But yes. if you put the money out there, the numbers on paper, as your number one God, then these are bad times. Yeah. I, and I did that before when I, oh boy, one of my businesses filed bankruptcy way back when, and I remember I was so distraught. I went into depression for three solid months. It was the darkest time in, in my life. And my father said to me, well, honey, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It means that this business was a failure. And what happened was major technology had changed from the, the way we used to do things in graphics to now desktop publishing. And I had a, a, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, invested in equipment that I needed to pay off that was already obsolete. And I thought I was what was in my bank account. And as you say, worshiping the numbers. I thought that was my self-esteem. I know differently today that what is in our portfolio or not, what is in our checking account, savings account, or pocketbook is not who we are. And I love how you're saying not to get caught up into that because we're not. We, are, we're, we're, we walk this world, but we're not of this world, that we are spiritual beings first, having a human experience, to paraphrase Wayne Dyer. And we really need to continue to believe and to have faith that God is our source and supply. That divine power, the divine hand, guides us gently with ease, grace, and compassion through all of this. I do see that when it comes to business, that we are changing how we have done business because what we used to do in the past no longer works. And we're also finding a greater need for community and alliances, really connecting authentically with other people. What is it that is different in business today, not only for women, but on the whole? And then I would like to also ask what is different for women today and how was it before? It may be, well, here's my perception. In the past, in male-dominated areas and industries and sales, if you will, that everything was driven by competition, I think that Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek, really had a bigger galactic grasp on all of this. That, and because, too, in the Star Trek philosophy, money didn't even exist. People worked in areas of their skills, their talents, and their abilities. 
And I believe that because we are having less tolerance for doing things we no longer like to do, that we are truly embracing things we choose to do. So in the past, if I had had a job that I really hated, today I wouldn't have tolerance for that. And I'm thinking, wait, life is too short to be in such pain and hating to do what I do. And I think that our Generation X around the globe and Generation Y, our younger folks coming into the workplace, are saying, hey, I don't have patience and tolerance to do something that's not fun, that I'm, I'm going to fail at. And I think we're really taking a look at where can I succeed. And one of the best books that I've read recently is by Marcus Buckingham, who is a British author, eloquent speaker. One of his best books is Now Discover Your Strengths. And it's all about finding out what your strengths are and instead of harping on or trying to fix your weaknesses, is instead to come from that authentic place, your inner core of what drives you. And Marcus Buckingham was on Oprah just a few months ago, and Oprah still has links up on her site. So if you went to Oprah.com and you did a search on Marcus Buckingham, M-A-R-C-U-S, Buckingham, then you can actually go into career tips and career advice for workplace today. You know, women in the past, though, we have always been collaborative. So if we look at this historically, men have been competitive and women have been collaborative. And I think that men today, to be wise to what works through collaboration and that spirit of camaraderie, that we will have more harmony instead of chaos and that people can truly live in what their strengths are. It does require both men and women to really create the world that we want today. And we're seeing, <laughs> we're seeing some real interesting things in the political campaigns here in the U.S., but we're not going to go there. And there, granted, there's cultural differences, too, because I realize that yours is an international radio show, that, yes, there's dramatic cultural shifts. When I was speaking in the Arabian Gulf just last year and addressing people from seven nations, and I was the only woman on the program, I, with great respect, honored people from other cultural beliefs, other countries, you know, with all due respect. And that's where I was able to speak to in addressing them. Yeah. The How was it to do that particular speech? How was it? Oh, oh, it was fantastic. And there were two. I gave a breakout session at the event on communication skills of how to connect authentically with other people because there are seven modalities of listeners in any group. That means that anyone listening to your show also has at least four, five, six, maybe even all seven modalities of listening. And then they asked me to keynote close the event, even though the international president from the Philippines was on the program, and this was sponsored by Toastmasters International, where it attracted people from, let's see, in that particular event, there were easily 12 countries, but in Toastmasters International in the world, they are in 93 countries around the globe. So it's, it's, it comes back to a spirit of collaboration and honoring each person's strengths. There's enough business for everyone. There's enough prosperity. There's enough wealth. We have all the resources that we need within us. You have strengths that I don't have. I have strengths that you may not have. But together, we are brilliant. Yes. This is. Uh, do you feel that women have more uh, of a trouble, uh, some time to work together with other women? Men work with other men, I feel. You know, they're used to being a group. 
with a leader, but how is it women? Can they work together in a group? Well, you know, my, my experience has been that men, if they have an issue, they, they scream it out, they get it out, they get it off their chest, and then they go for a beer. Okay. <laughs> together. You know, they're, they're over it. It's almost like short-term memory. We handled it. We're done. Women have this gift called memory. And we remember everything, anything anybody's ever said to us, we remember with great detail or what we forget, our our self-protecting systems, you know, kind of kick in and fill in those gaps for us. Women, we do, we have a great memory, which doesn't always serve us. It's great when we're looking for things in our office, in our home, because we remember where anybody put anything. But unfortunately, if, if someone says something mean to us, we have this gunny sack on our back that we dump at their feet, and we say, oh, I remember it was March 4th in 1960 that you said to me, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and women, women, we are tougher on each other than men ever will be. And yes, that's very that true. That's what it is. Women are so tough on women, and this is what, what doesn't make things go around the way they should. It does, and yet, you know, we can be best friends when we're working together in the workplace based on that we're at the same pay grade or same title, have the same thing on our business card. But as soon as one of us gets promoted, the claws seem to come out. You know, who does she think she is? And, and now we have to report to that person. And I think that that's difficult for us to step from the collaboration into a status type of position. And yet... The karma behind it is that we need to celebrate when one of our sisters gets promoted, when somebody gets a new car, when somebody is able to buy the helm of their dreams. We need to celebrate that with them because we're all related that if we're thinking mean thoughts, then then we're not going to be creating prosperity and abundant new cars, new jobs, new houses for ourselves. Instead, we need to say, good for you, girlfriend. You go. I'm so happy for you. Because that then, is so well put. Oh, we should be happy for each other. Yeah, exactly. So when one of us gets promoted, great. Be on her skirt tails. Ask to be mentored. Celebrate her success because you're next. And to have that joy. Do you know, I always feel it's better to know a winner than a loser. So mm-hmm. I like my friends to be successful. I, I like them to be promoted. I like them to to be written up because I'd rather be a friend of a winner than someone who is not a winner. Yeah, or even an enemy of a loser. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> With that paradigm. <laughs> exactly. And there is, again, there is plenty to go around. Yes. You know, if, if we could just you know, if we could let go of those fears, because when you were talking about it earlier and about the money and about where people go with this, great. I, I, and I totally respect because several people called me when the stock market, stock market just dropped the other day, and one woman called me. She lost almost $200,000, and she called me, and she says, oh, my gosh, you know, what do I do? And I just talked her through it, and I said, remember, those are numbers. That's an illusion. Be thankful for what you have. And we walk through what she had. You have a beautiful home that you just remodeled, that you paid cash for. You have a car. You're taking dance lessons. You have a man who loves you. You have a son who finally just moved out of your house and was able to buy his own house. You know, that's cause for celebration right there. There's Look at the things which are working in your life. Because in my books, I, and I love to quote Oprah, 
And one of my favorite quotes is that the more that there is in life for you to give thanks for, the more there will be for you to give thanks for. And, yeah. and it's, it, again, it all comes back to that. And yet where a lot of people go is anger. So when you were talking about the people drinking, which drink, any of the isms, alcoholism, drugism, workaholism, any, you know, sexism, you know, any of the things where there's a, or it's, it's an alcoholic type of response where it's dependency creates negativity because it also throws our bodies out of balance. So what happens is that people go into anger, they go into drinking to numb the feelings because underneath anger is fear. When we can still instead be conscious, address those fears, transmute them to mature into positive thoughts, and to realize that we are not a victim of the circumstance, we can rise above it and cruise through it to get to the other side because fear and love cannot occupy the same space at the same time. So if we're in fear where we don't have the love of our life, we don't have the love of the passion, and it, it sends us into all kinds of self-destructive behavior. You are speaking so well, and I hope everyone out there is listening to Cheryl Rausch and all her good points of view. And I know everyone uh, is downloading, basically. And today is a good time to download. Do you have any good tips how to be in balance, not only for yourself and your own good, but also to be in balance with your business world when oh, you are a woman? Thank you. I have a couple of things. One is that there are four unconditional support systems that help us nurture our spirit and keep our sanity. And this is on a daily basis. So these are from stress management experts, including Dr. Roger Malott, who's a Ph.D. stress management expert specifically for women. So these are things which give us unconditional support regardless of what's going on around us. And number one is faith, to have a spiritual belief system, whatever that is, because our inner compass enables us to bring forth that wisdom, the authenticity, and the insight into everything that we do on a daily basis. It's the center for our moral foundation, and it gives us direction to trust and to walk our path. The second one are pets, and if you don't have a pet, consider adopting one. Pets are so non-judgmental, they're so forgiving, sensitive, and supportive, they instinctively run to us when we need a hug or we're feeling emotional, not like running away as if some people in our lives. So pets, and they also lower our blood pressure, and they help us to rebuild our immune system. The third, and I believe you have a pet too. You have I a, you have do. a cat. I have Tigger, and he's sitting right here. He's this adorable little orange tabby. He's helped me write my books, by the way. He has his own executive chair right in the office, and he knows <laughs> when we're writing a book, and he's right there. And when the books arrive, he checks out the shipments. He's so cute. He sits right there in the office, and he, he brushes up against him. He makes sure that they arrive, and he's our quality assurance department. So he's so cute. Our third unconditional support system of the four are called passion hobbies. And these are things that we do in our pastimes that help nurture our spirit and balance our lives. A lot of women tell me that they love reading, whether it be murder mystery novels or magazines. They love getting out walking, dancing, running, doing aerobics or any type of exercise, any type of crafts or puzzles. Playing with kids is great. Or, as a lot of women say, going shopping. So passion hobbies help us keep our sanity for doing the work that we choose to do in our careers or our busyness. 
they help give us balance because they nurture our spirit and rekindle that. And number four on this list are special people, and they can be relatives, they can be significant others, maybe they've already made their transition. I know one of my special people is still my grandmother, my mother's mother back on the farm in Iowa, and I will feel her presence, I will hear her giggle, and here was a four-foot-nine stubborn Swedish German woman who popped out <laughs> seven kids in eight years. Absolutely wow. amazing. And, and a role model to me of, of fortitude and perseverance. And there's, there's a special bond that happens between especially grandkids and their grandparents that's so unconditional. And, and it can also show up, special people can be someone that maybe we haven't talked to in 20 or 25 years. We reconnect. We pick up the conversation right where we left off. That's special people. So these are four unconditional support systems to help us nurture ourselves and to keep our sanity. That's great. That's great. And then you also could give us some good business tips, how to be successful. I know you get a lot of money, uh, Cheryl, for, for, for distribute this or to share this with others, but maybe you can give us a few hints just to be really good at business during these difficult times. Something think, we should do. I think first and foremost, we need to be true to ourselves to know what we will tolerate, to know what we will not, whether it's a relationship that's not working for us with another human being or a client or a business, because, yes, you can divorce another business. You can divorce a client if it starts taking you off of your moral center, that we need to be true to ourselves and to maintain our authenticity. Another tip is to speak your truth. Speak up for what you believe in, in spite of that it may not be what the other person needs, you know, that, that they want to hear, is to really come from that because truth is really going to be our compass, integrity right there. I think we absolutely need to have a positive attitude and, you know, a positive attitude and enthusiasm can get us through where maybe we even lack skills. We can overcome obstacles that we didn't even know were in our path just by walking with faith. I think it also helps to be strong-minded yet soft-hearted, to have charity in our heart, to have compassion for those who perhaps have less, and yet we still need to keep balance in our life every day. I think that it helps us, regardless of what's going on around us, is to wake up to something very positive in the morning, because it's going to set the pace for the rest of our day. If the alarm Should we make some kind of affirmation in the morning when we oh, wake absolutely. up? Absolutely. Well, for instance, for me, I wake up and the first thing, my first conscious thought when I realize I'm awake is, thank you, God, for the gift of this glorious day. I shall rise, rejoice, and be glad in it. Because, Helena, my whole life has not been a bed of roses. I mean, from, you know, being molested at an early age to being raped at 16 to, you know, the, the contemplations of suicide to bankruptcy to marrying a man who is alcoholic and abusive. What I do know is that we fo what we focus on, we bring more of into our life. So my affirmation is, thank you, God, for every way in which I experience your love, which for me means put it out there, look for it, send it, receive it. 
thank you for every way in which I experience your love. Beautiful. This has, boy, this is, that affirmation alone has popped me through my own fear, my own anger, my own doubt, any areas of self-worth, low self-esteem. It helps me to walk with stronger faith in the world. To look for the good in others brings out more of the good in others. Yeah. And you are in good company with yourself because, Mm -hmm. as you said, you cannot, you can divorce everyone else. You can separate yourself from so much else out there, but you can never divorce yourself. You have to live with yourself. So you better be in balance. Yeah. In the heart of a woman in business, I wrote affirmations specifically for women in business, although I think that whether whether a person is self-employed or stay-at-home working mom or in the workplace, that all of these relate. And I hope that the people who listen to this will archive the MP3, go back, and repeat after me, put it on pause to repeat the affirmation as they hear this. Affirmations for women in business. My career is my choice of service, and my service is an extension of my love. My career celebrates who I really am. I am living my most pure essence with ease and grace, living creatively every project, task, and day. I know in my heart the right thing to do, and with integrity and respect, I do it. I honor myself for my choices. By aligning with my calling, I am living my heart's desire and higher purpose. With ease and grace, I make decisions. Business and opportunities flow abundantly to me because I am living my truth, living my passion, and living my calling. I honor my body, listen to it, and nurture it. Today and every day, I expect great things. I open my heart, my mind, and my spirit to the guidance of God. I am willing to see my magnificence. I am willing to receive all abundant gifts from the universe. I graciously receive praise and prosperity. I honor my path as well as the path of others. Oh, well, (laughs) that's great. And I even thought maybe we can repeat these uh, towards the end of the program with a little music in the background just to really get it bring it out it was beautiful and you know if i had the time really i would sit here and just contemplate on this because i thought this was so beautiful so uh, it's a great book and again everyone should actually go out and take care of i mean to buy this book again heart of a woman in business by shirley cheryl roush And where can we get the book again, Cheryl? Matter of fact, they can order it directly, and it would be a privilege to inscribe in it for you. Go to www.sparkle, S-P-A-R-K-L-E, presentations, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. And in the Sparkle store, 
you'll see the series of inspirational books as well as inspirational audio CDs and MP3 files. And that's where you can see Heart of a Woman, Heart of a Mother, Heart of a Woman in Business, Heart of the Holidays, and Corazon de Mujer. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, of course, they can get it at their closest bookstore and at Amazon.com. Right. Uh, how are we to... How should we say? How are we to communicate in business when we are women? Which is the best way to communicate with our employers or employees? And how should we communicate in a good way? I, I would say the best way to communicate with anyone in our lives is authentically, from from our hearts to their heart. So, for instance, as I had mentioned earlier, that there are seven modalities of how people listen. The key in communication with anyone, any age, any gender, anywhere in the world, is to meet people where they are. For instance, I was hired by the Institute Technology Mara in Sha'alam, Malaysia, to conduct presentation skills workshops for their institutes, professors, deans, and lecturers. And in my opening for them of the entire full-day seminar, was in their native language of Bahasa Malay. And I was, I was so touched when they stood and took their right hand to their heart with a slight bow, acknowledging my attempt. <laughs> it, and I hope my dialect and inflection were fine, but just acknowledging how much I extended respect to them and very touching for that. There are different types of listeners, though. There are some people who are very linguistic, and they are paying attention to the words. A choice of words and semantics are going to be very important for them. The second group are mathematical and scientific, and they are listening for specifically numbers. So, for instance, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 49% of the nation's businesses are operated from home. And according to Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, in the 2005 report on women in entrepreneurship, women represent more than one-third of all people involved in entrepreneurial activity. Those are details that are important to people who are mathematically inclined. Visual people are the third group, and we need to see it. So as you and I are having conversations, the visual people are listening with their eyes open, even if their eyes are closed, that they're seeing what we're talking about. And then the fourth group are musical people. They appreciate the different cadence or vocal variety or pace with which we speak. They also love to have music in the background. So when we do affirmations with music in the background, that speaks to their soul. The fifth group are kinesthetic, and they're very much in touch with their senses highly sensitive to people, their needs, interpersonal type of relationships, and they learn best by doing. So after they're told or shown or given the directions on how to do it, they need to do it for themselves. And the fifth group is interpersonal. These are people, people, people. They love discussions. They love getting together with other people. They're highly social because they really care about people, and, and they will succeed in anything that they do just because of that interpersonal relationship. And the final group of the seven are intrapersonal, and not that they're not people people, they're thinkers, though. So after they've listened to today's program, they will ponder it for a few days to assimilate the information, and then if they have any questions, they'll contact us. 
with what those great questions are. So, for instance, my mother and I are high visual, linguistic. We see it. We talk about it. Done deal. We're ready to go. My father is intrapersonal, kinesthetic. So after we've made plans to go on a cruise, my father will go out to his garden, which is his passion hobby, and he'll come back in a little bit later and ask a brilliant question that mom and I had not even thought of. He needs to go feel and think through what might be missing in the plan. And there again, it takes all of us, and this is, this is not gender difference. These are communication modalities, and it, it's, we need to meet people where they are to communicate in the modalities that they need to be communicated with. Yeah. You know, um, I know I have my best thinking time in the car, in a fast-moving car <laughs> or in an airplane when I have speed and I feel the speed and I know the speed. And I also recall I read somewhere about Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister in, in England, how she used to clean house in the morning at the number one Downing Street, was it number 10 Downing Street, and she used to vacuum clean, and she said she got her best ideas at the time when she was vacuum cleaning. Uh, And I can see that because, you know, you focus on one thing and then you're free to to think. Or it's it's it's, uh, considered mindless activity. So for some people, it's the running of the shower where the water is is rushing over our bodies and and over our head that is very calming. For some people, I I wake up with ideas very early in the morning (laughs) before I wake up. Those are the best ideas. And I I think some businessman once told me, you know, those first thoughts that come through your mind in the morning, those are directly from God. (laughs) I believe that. That is really true, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I and know he had been very successful, too. Yes. Sorry. And we can plant a seed to empower and enable, if you will, our superconscious at night. The other night, I, I was speaking yesterday for a brand-new Women's Alliance Network that's launching here in California, and I was, I was asked to be the premier speaker for it. The night before I went to bed, I planted the seed, and I said, Thank you, God, for waking me up tomorrow morning with your direction and your message for this group. And period. That was it. Sure enough, as soon as I woke up, and we're talking, it was 5.15 in the morning. The alarm clock wasn't going to go off until 7. <laughs> that bingo, there were the ideas, including I was flooded with words that I, I ran to grab a piece of paper and write down all of these ideas. What they became were a poster of, the, of a, an acronym or acrostic, if you will, where women's Alliance is spelled vertically, and right next to every letter are three words, adjectives, in support of what that means. So beautiful things. So, for instance, the W in women's stands for wonderful, witty, and wise. The O, outgoing, observant, original. The M, magnificent, magnetic, majestic. And all of this just came flooding through, and from it, the message was built around these adjectives and how it relates to the power of women in business today. Great. Wonderful. Now, uh, 
You uh, said that you were very shy when you started to work uh, in your life. And how did you overcome that fear since you are now a top-rated uh, international speaker? How did you no, come over, overcome that, public, uh, that fear for the public speaking? Well, it helped, again, going back to my mother dragging me out and getting in front of people. But I, even at that, I hadn't worked on my communication skills. And a role model in my life at that time, a woman who was probably 30 years older than myself, recommended that I check out Toastmasters. So I did. And the website is www.toastmasters.org. It's the largest nonprofit educational organization in the world dedicated to improving communication and leadership skills. By practicing in a very safe environment in five to seven minute long speeches with people who applaud you no matter what and then give you feedback on how you did and what you could improve, it dramatically increased my self-worth, my self-esteem. And I joined, I, I had just filed for divorce from the abusive husband, and I went to the club meeting the next day. I had no self-esteem at all. I think it had been beaten out of me, did, did not know who I was. And in the course of my growth inside of Toastmasters and being able to find my voice, I also found my purpose, my passion, and my career. So it really, it really changed my life. I think that it's important for women today to, again, be authentic. And if you've got fear of public speaking, check out Toastmasters. Go and practice. Be prepared. Be fearless. Do your homework and trust yourself because everything That's is already it. in us. We just need to remember it. Yeah. And somewhere I've seen in your book where you say, spend time with God. Mm. Yes. Boy, moments throughout the day. Some people set aside 10 or 15 minutes first thing in the morning and do a meditation or a guided visualization or affirmations. I, I'm big on all of these. I, it, I've heard it said, and I don't know the source, Helena, perhaps you do, where prayer is where we speak to God, meditation is where we listen. Uh, yes, yes, I, I could agree on that one. And it's another thing I would like to add here, we have many listeners in Scandinavia, and if I say God to them, it's, uh, it's almost something that is not supposed to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. We are in America in a very close connection or, or tie with God. When you come to some of the more modern socialized countries, the philosophy has gone away from God. And I feel particularly with many of the people that they are lacking something. Not that I notice that when they're speaking to me because they're wonderful, everything is great about them, but somehow they feel within them that something is missing. And I see the need in the Scandinavian countries greater than in many, many other Western countries. And I think it's because of this lack in connection with what we call God. I'd have to agree with that. And I can tell when a person has faith in their life. So whatever, whatever we call it, God, divine, universe, whatever that, how we may refer to it in whatever our culture or our languaging, that there is a connection to the creator, whatever we believe him or her to be. I can tell that from a person a mile away. And as you called it, the God sparkle. 
I believe that it is. Yes, that's the way I see it when I work with people. And then I see that light. And I think when Jesus spoke about, I am the light, that was what he meant, that sparkle of light within all of us. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And to know that we are part of that, that we originated from it, and that we reconnect to it again in our transition. How beautiful. We come from the light, we live in the light, and we return to the light. Yes, and what we have to do here in in this life is to reconnect with the light and allow it to shine. And I even saw a little quote in your Sparkle Toots book, and I think it was Oprah Winfrey who said that, um, and I have to open that. Uh, Yes, it says, let your light shine. Shine within you so that it can shine on someone else. Mm. Let your light shine. Isn't that lovely? Shine within you so that it can shine on someone else. I love that. And And it's from your book. (laughs) I I, thank you. And that's why it was selected. And the opening quote to Sparkle Toots is by Mary Farquhar Tepper that says, A spark is a little thing, yet it may rekindle the world. Great. Uh, Could you mention the names of your hot books, of your hot, your your best-selling hot series books? Sure. Uh, Yes, Heart of a Woman, Heart of a Mother, Heart of the Holidays, and then Heart of a Woman in Spanish is Corazon de Mujer, and the new book is Heart of a Woman in Business. That's great. And, and I you, think, you know, our hour's gone by so fast, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it just went, it flew by. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here in Miami. I'm Helena Steiner-Hornstein. If you want to see me or reach me, you can go to my website, speakingtoyourheart.com, or to Body Soul Connection, www.speakingtoyourheart.com. I shall be in New York this coming week. I shall do several speaking engagements up there. I shall also speak at the United Nations. And I shall be back in Miami next week. And uh, Cheryl, you are in California. I never said that too much before. Where in California are you located right now? Typically in San Diego, which is known as America's finest city. Great. Wonderful. (laughs) And how is the climate right now? How is the weather? I sit in big heat and humidity, and it's actually uh, the air condition was a little too too warm for me, so I, uh, it's hot here. <laughs> and for you, you probably have, do you have heat on? <laughs> well, let's see, the, the skies have now cleared. It, there's always a blue sky shining somewhere, and our gray clouds have cleared for today, and it looks like it's going to be another 76, 77 degrees, and here it is in October. <laughs> there we go. And if people want to reach you, how do they reach you? You have Feel an 800 please. number and you have Thank website. You. I do. I have an 800 number, which is 800-932-0973. You can also email me, and in the subject line, if you would please put that you listen to me on Helena's show, and that is Cheryl, S H E R Y L at sparkle, S-P-A-R-K-L-E, presentations.com. And Sparkle Presentations is also the website. And if you want to read more information and stories about the Heartbook series, go to www.heartbookseries.com. Great. 
Thank you so very much. And I thought if you could say your affirmations at the very end, we will be cut off for uh, for the live listeners, but we will be recorded. So you can do the whole thing with the affirmations, with the music. Okay, thank you happy. so much for being with me, Cheryl Rausch. And thank you, all listeners. Thank you. And I know many of you are in Europe and in Asia, but get in touch with us. Thank you. Bye-bye. My career is my choice of service, and my service is an extension of my love. My career celebrates who I really am. I am living my most pure essence with ease and grace, living creatively every project, task, and day. I know in my heart the right thing to do, and with integrity and respect, I do it. I honor myself for my choices. By okay, we have been cut off now, so yeah. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, we yeah, it worked just that. after that. We were cut off just after that lawsuit. It worked oh, out very that's well. Fine. You know what? I think it, this is also one of the great reasons why they would want to download and listen to the archive again. Yes. So that they can go back to those affirmations and pause it and say it out loud. Mm-hmm. So, Carol, uh, thank you so very, very much again. What a beautiful this interview. I really enjoyed our chat. <laughs> <laughs> so I called you back in a little bit, and okay, thank you a million. If you would let me know when it will air and how I can send people to your website. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Hel- Helena, thank I will. you. Thank okay. you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye.